0: FM Talk Podcast.
1: Wiggins, America. I am not a number.
2: I am a free man. Wiggins, America.
1: The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right
0: now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play.
1: There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes.
3: Welcome to Wiggins America.
1: that this week feels like it's been a long week as far as news cycle goes. However, nothing that we're talking about we were not talking about last week. For instance, Hunter's Laptop. I commit to you as the host of this show, which is called Wiggins America, by the way. Thanks for being here. That I will not stop talking about a couple things until we get to the bottom of them. And maybe getting to the bottom of them means that we find out that there really was no there there. And that's fine. And I use that phrase on purpose because we're talking about Russia collusion. That is one thing for sure that we absolutely do need to talk about continuously until we find out who framed Roger Rabbit. In this case, Roger Rabbit would be President Donald Trump. Um, That was a frame job. That was a political hit job. And there needs to be some criminal charges for what was done to him. The problem is libel... And slander are not highly punishable crimes. But when you involve politics and smearing people, it, it gets tricky because there are criminal things that were done in, of course, the uh, hiring of people to make up information about a political opponent, especially when you're talking about foreign agents, which we are. We are talking about foreign agents when we talk about Hillary Clinton hiring people to create what is known as the Steele dossier. Because I think Christopher Steele himself is a UK uh, agent himself. And then there are ties to Russia with that, too, because that's where the P-tape stuff comes from. So there's Russian people and everybody's in tight, real tight with each other to create a Russian collusion hoax That really is a hoax. It's not just a talking point that that's a hoax now. That is really a hoax. And if you do any digging into the subject, you would know that. But nobody on the left wants to, (laughs) they just shield their eyes. They go, but I have a narrative that I enjoy. And facts be damned. And so it doesn't really matter that all this information is out there. The Durham report will have its day, though. And what that day will look like, I don't know. But this was just added to the list. (laughs) President Trump may not have heard this this week. Didn't get a lot of attention because it's just a lawsuit. There's a lot of lawsuits. But when it comes from the former president of the United States against these entities, seems like kind of a big deal. President Trump is suing because of the hoax, Russian collusion. ABC corporations, one through 10. Apparently there are different corporations all owned by ABC and Disney. Andrew McCabe, Bruce Orr, Christopher Steele. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Democratic National Committee, DNC Services Corporation, Fusion GPS, Glenn Simpson, HFACC Inc. I don't know what they do. Hillary R. Clinton, Igor Dechenko, Jake Sullivan, James Comey, John Doe's 1 through 10. (laughs) don't know who those are by design. John Podesta. Junior Charles Halliday Dolan, Kevin Kleinsmith, Lisa Page, Mark Elias, Michael Sussman, Nellie Orr, New Star Incorporated, Orbis Business Intelligence, and Perkins Coy LLC, among others. The list goes on. Those are just the first ones. Peter Strock is on there. I'm just trying to find the biggest names. Some of those names I don't even know. That is every single person or entity associated with the Russia collusion hoax. Good morning. good morning, Sunday morning, except it's not. Uh, So that is one story we're going to keep following closely to see what happens. Now, that is a civil case, not a criminal case. But what Trump is doing is playing their game. And he's one of the few people I've said on this show, it's one of the reasons he has an advantage over a DeSantis. As much as you might like DeSantis, the dude isn't independently wealthy, Trump is so he can stand up against this government stuff, because what happens is when these people become politicians, especially lifelong politicians, and I do mean deep state, not just elected officials. I'm talking about people who were put into positions within all kinds of alphabet soup organizations. They have unlimited basically unlimited resources at their disposal, not personal, but government. They can act on behalf of the government to just sue the crap out of anybody they want for as long as they want. That's what the Southern District of New York has been doing to Trump. And you can say, you know what? That's part of democracy. If somebody did something illegal, you can sue them. You can find out. I don't think that's really the point here, though, because they'll dismiss these cases because they don't have a shred of evidence for anything. They're just designed to take people through the ringer and break them. And if you're not really wealthy, they will break you and you will not run for office. They did this to Michael Flynn. Think what you want about Michael Flynn. When you start having (laughs) a lot of different angles, you can come at this one. When you start having um, the FBI basically trap you into doing things and then trapping you into endless lawsuits and putting you in prison. That's what we're talking about here. The average person can't stand up against that for very long, but if you got a whole, whole bunch of money, you can, and Trump does. And so he is fighting back on their playing field. That's what he's always done. There's nothing new about this. He's suing all these people. And I don't know if he thinks he's going to win or not, but if he wins a couple of them, That could be pretty important. He wants to clear his name, I'm sure, too. He wants these people to pay for what they've done to him. And one of the things they've done to him is dragged him through court proceedings over and over and over and over, using the agencies and the companies that they're in to do so. So he's doing it back to them. So that's one thing that we're not going to stop covering on Wiggins America here. The other is Hunter's Laptop, the aforementioned that we uh, hit a lot on last week and has been talked over quite a bit and rightfully so we will continue to talk about that because of the information on that thing it's so crazy that there are three of those laptops he didn't just crack out and leave one at one shop one time he's done this a couple times i don't know what the other circumstances are how people got the other two laptops But it's because he's a drug addict and he just forgets what he's doing, apparently, and leaves stuff that he probably thinks more about the monetary value of it. That, "Ah, I don't care about one laptop. I could go buy a new laptop. And plus, I don't remember where I left the last laptop. So he just gives up on it and doesn't remember what's even on the thing, apparently. And that people can get into his emails. There is so much damning evidence in that first laptop alone. And we've tread this ground, but we have to keep treading it because we have to get to the bottom of it. If we stop talking about it, it goes away. So we got to keep talking about it until something happens. And nothing's going to happen between now, unless they indict Hunter, which there's a lot of talk that they're really close. The FBI is close to indicting Hunter. But do you trust the FBI? I don't even know. These people had the, if we, I don't even think we would know about the laptop unless Rudy Giuliani had made five copies of it and distributed it to media before giving it to the FBI. Who knows what they would have done with it, but now they're forced to because he was smart enough to get it out there. Anyway, that's just two of the things. The last one, voter integrity. I have a couple stories to share with you about voter integrity that have gone on this week. Real, real quick.
0: What does he know? Wiggins, America.
1: If you follow a group called True the Vote, there's a lot of information out there. As you know, if you've even tried to follow this, it's hard to do. It's really hard to do because there's so much information. There's so many little things. True the Vote is really good at compiling it. And they're so good at it that that's the primary source that Dinesh D'Souza is using for his upcoming movie, 2000 Mules, which comes out apparently at the beginning, middle, April. We'll be watching that. Stick around. for Wiggins America full cast in here in just a minute.
0: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
1: Do you guys remember the movie Mrs. Doubtfire? Yes. Yes. So I pretty much knew that was a guy the whole time.
2: What? Even even
1: his family didn't know, but I knew. And I think it's probably because, like, as Roy can testify, we're in the industry. Hmm. So you kind of know the tricks of the trade. And you you saw, this is probably makeup and prosthetics. I'm impressed. I had no idea. So, uh, Trisha is in the studio, Old Roy as well. I'm going to show you a picture, which is the worst thing to do on radio, but I'm doing it anyway. See that? I see it. See that? I do. That is a person who looks a little bit like Miss Doubtfire. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who that is?
3: I have a guess in the news this week.
1: I don't have a guess. Okay, that, that surprises me because you actually listened to this guy's podcast. See the headline? You want to read it to me? Uh Stephen Crowder,
2: dupes scholars at academic conference with fake fatness studies paper.
1: <laughs> have you seen this story? <laughs> no. Unbelievable. This is breaking within the last day or so. Stephen Crowder, uh, as you know, louder with Crowder, he he created an academic paper and I guess it's taken a couple of years. These things aren't necessarily the quickest and submitted it in, I think late 2020. <clears throat> and the subject is fatness. And I guess he submitted it to a university that has a department that studies quote unquote fat ethics. And <laughs> some of the quotes from this paper, <laughs> it got published. Okay. So he, he, He submitted it the paper gets published there are quotes in this thing that that, like this as the waist size for example of my pants increases in many ways so does my power (laughs) (laughs) your mic isn't on are you on what there so (laughs) a couple other quotes before (laughs) we get to the point here um Quote, because of our current leader's bigotry, so this is still when Trump is in office, fatness, I will argue, acts as a distancing mechanism from the president, as well as his supporters, producing both physical and ideological space that can insulate the individual from intolerant, bigoted, or violent ideology. (laughs) Okay, then, as I showed you the picture... He, I think this is why they waited, because I think the thing got published within a couple months of him submitting it in 2020. So probably end of 2020, early 2021, something like that. But he had to wait to do this conference with them where Stephen Crowder, in this picture, is dressed up as a woman very poorly, I might add. He's got just like a brown wig on and he's just smiling. He looks kind of chubby. (laughs) And uh, like Mrs. Doubtfire, I knew that was a guy the whole time. Um, But he did this full conference with them over Skype, probably. Because I think the university is not in the United States. But it says so much about the state of universities. And this is an academic paper that got published through a university. And now the story itself hilarious. But it's saying something at the same time, right? I mean, it's saying that the university system is ridiculous, and these are the people that we're looking to for all kinds of science over the last couple years, over gender studies, over anything you could imagine. You put a university's name behind it, and boom, suddenly it means something. Well, this is not new. <clears throat> we had a... Uh, a-
2: well, was it Mark Twain that said uh, an academic is a person who's educated beyond their intelligence? That sounds like Mark Twain. I think that's I that's a good explanation. But I think there, there are people in Trisha, academia... Trisha, was that Mark
1: Twain?
3: Yeah. Okay, 100%. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was, Roy. I got your back.
2: Thank you. No, I, I think people in academia are very easy to read and very easy to please. That's why it was so easy to get that published for mm-hmm. him is that you use, use the right words mm-hmm. it's like english uh in high school you know you, you you write a paper knowing what the teacher wants to hear
1: and you get an a, I was a master at that yeah really
3: i wrote nonsense
1: in in like college. high school or oh me too i was gonna say college because he said grade school high school high, high school, school. Yeah.
3: high school and college oh
1: i did too Wait, except that i by the time i got to college i did it in high school a lot by the time i got to college. I was done trying to please people. I realized that I was probably way more conservative than anybody around me in Mm -hmm. college. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to embrace it. I'm not going to try to kowtow to these people and try to get good grades. I'm just going to beat them. And I did pretty good at that. I mean, I didn't excel. I mean, there's, there's grades that I got probably knocked down because I didn't toe the line. But, um, by He'll the time t- you now, yeah, right. Where are they now? They're getting paid six figures at a college. <laughs> and look at me I'm on the morning. weekends <laughs> showed them, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it says a lot about the, the institutions It in light of, and I was going to get to this in the next segment, but in light of Katanji Brown Jackson this week and the comment about, Well, I'm not a biologist. What's a woman? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. That kind of stuff is refer Like the reason people do that and refer back to academia is because they also own academia. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they they can just say, well, I'll I'll, I'll refer you to the experts. Well, these people that are publishing (laughs) fat studies with Stephen Crowder dressed up as a girl and bashing Trump. Those are the studies. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's not to say that there aren't real studies. And depending on I mean, if you're talking about gender ideology and fat ethics. Yeah, this is the kind of science coming out of that. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily like good research. If you go to school to become an engineer, you're probably going to be learning a little bit better information than if you are in, say, my degree communications. It was terrible and completely worthless. (laughs) <laughs> we agree. All right. Okay. And that's a wrap. You looked like you were wanting to step into that. Um, so I brought in this thing that I don't know that I've ever told anybody that I did because I don't know why I did it. Um, this is a, I started writing in about 2011. We got bored and started writing letters to companies
3: <laughs> just to see. Man, I bet they enjoy that. <laughs>
1: Just to see if I could get responses. And uh, I figured I'd bring a couple of these, get your reaction to them. This one is to St. Louis University. (laughs) Uh, April eighteenth, two 2011 is when I wrote this, apparently. It's right there on the email. Dear transfer admissions counselor, (laughs) I am a non-traditional student interested in returning to complete my degree. I took some classes at a community college that I believe would transfer to SLU. SLU is a fine Jesuit university, and I would be glad to say I'm a graduate in the arena of medieval and renaissance studies. My experience to date is nothing short of impressive. (laughs) I am a part of two medieval reenactment groups. The first is lieges, and I have achieved high knight status. This means I have accomplished over 20 amazing tasks that knights must accomplish. I am the only one who has 20. This organization is newer and better than Men of Camelot. <laughs> they created the high night status just for me. And yes, the second group I'm in is Men of Camelot. <laughs> <laughs> the politics and leadership are getting to the point of laughable. They are not as quote-unquote noble as their website says. I no longer robe with them, but I do still have voting rights. Thank you for your help. <laughs> I know I am an extraordinary candidate for your Medieval and Renaissance studies. Can I fax my transcripts from SWIC to see what will transfer? Thank you for your help. Ryan. Did you get a response? I did. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Ryan, good afternoon. Medieval studies exist at SLU only at the graduate level, therefore you need to have completed a bachelor's degree before applying for the programs. For more information, please contact blah, blah, blah. Best of luck, Kyle. <laughs> <clears throat> response the next day. To Kyle, April nineteenth, (laughs) twenty (laughs) eleven. Couldn't just let it go. Kyle, my heart has fallen into ruins of indignation. Oh boy. Where can I turn? But wait, through the night, a ray of hope. The following proposal First, I get my undergraduate degree. Then I go into medieval studies in grad school. Established. Now I need the expertise only a transfer admissions counselor can offer. Are you up to the challenge, Kyle? This is your destiny. I am interested in your criminal justice undergrad. My questions Will my classes transfer from Swick? And do they make you cut your hair? (laughs) (laughs) Is there a dress code for criminal justice? Please say no. Ryan, sincerely, Men of Camelot and Liege Actor, high (laughs) night. Dear Ryan, please use the following link to the application process for a transfer student. If a course you have taken does not appear on the list, it will need to go through a separate review process, which begins after you have been admitted to SLU. Best, Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Good old Kyle. And I decided to not pursue that any further because I think that they were going to make me cut my hair.
2: Well, you, you already achieved
1: high night status so really what more do you have to prove i know it's hard to go up from there i know let's talk about some real stuff next let's talk about actually basically a week or let's say a month of lindsey graham comments i want to get your reaction to these things especially this week's but there's been some stuff in the last month he's so all over the board that i think some of this you're going to say yeah i like that some of it you won't We'll get your reaction next here on Wiggins America. All right, in the studio with the full cast, Trisha and Old Roy and myself, Ryan Wiggins. Thanks for being here, Wiggins America. Good weekend to you. So, I mentioned in the last segment that we were going to be talking about Lindsey Graham and some of the things that he said over the last month, and especially the last week. We'll start with those. And by the way, since this is all Lindsey Graham, apparently for this segment, we're going to call the segment Graham Crackers. <laughs> And if you like the segment, we can give you some more. <laughs> hey, thank you very much for being here. Uh, we are uh, talking about this week's comments from Lindsey Graham specifically. Now, there's been a few in his questioning of Ketanji Brown Jackson for Supreme Court. The first one, well let's, let's just talk about the overall confirmation process so far and the questioning. Anything that stood out to you first before we get to the Lindsey Graham's comments?
3: Um, I, yeah, the whole thing, I guess the biggest thing would be her record, um, with the, the child
1: pornography the stuff, child, right?
3: Yes. And the Republican senators clearly wanting to continue that line of questioning in a very aggressive manner and specifically Dick Durbin trying to shut it down a lot.
1: What do you think about it? Do you think that's a fair line of questioning?
3: Yes, but I also think that if she's been a practicing judge for however many years, it's hard to go back and litigate, relitigate each case and redecide each case.
1: I would agree with you. Actually, Roy has a law degree, so oh, yeah, good. I want to get his so, opinion I, for yeah. sure, too. But uh, before I do, because he has more authority on this subject than I do, I will say that on this issue, issue in particular. I've seen people really grabbing certain cases and saying, here's what prosecutors recommended. Here's what the government recommends. Here's what she gave. And it was way lower Uh, for an individual case. I could see that being something that, yeah, somebody brings up, but it was one case. The problem with her is that it's every case. It's 100 percent of child pornography cases. She always is giving way less jail time to all of them, no matter the circumstance. Right or wrong? Well, certainly seems that way. I
2: to me though, it it's very unlikely that she's pro child molester, you know, or pornography. Sure. It's there's obviously something else going on, but it it also it brings up that point of well, why were you acting this way? It's clearly not. I think the implication in the questioning. <laughs>
1: was oh she's you know pro child pornography well no but well, what else would be going on your law degree is on the line here oh boy
2: um no i mean clearly to me it seems obvious that that it's money wait somebody's paying her to do this well there's influence money and power there's influence when you're when you're trying to climb the chain in in the legal world work your way up to judgeships and then federal judgeships and uh, it's politics. And there are, if you listen to Alex Jones and pretty much every other conspiracy theory, there are p- people in power um, who
1: have questionable. So you're saying it's not somebody <clears throat> directly paying her and being like, let my friend off for no. child pornography. You're saying there's a whole system set up for... Uh, people in power to be influencing other people in power, right? That's and if you, wanna, if you want to, if you want to climb the ladder,
2: you're going to play the game, and and it's it's about looking out for your best and your personal best interest. If somebody above me who has influence says, you know what, maybe look the other way on this thing, or you know, it's not like they're handing money under the table, but you're you're going along with you're
1: pulling the puppet strings,
2: right? And to me, that's just as important an issue to identify in a in a judge, how easily are you influenced by outside sources versus sticking to the letter of the law?
3: Yeah, I don't know about any of that, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't know um, what those powers that be would have been, what strings have been pulling. I see it more as in, in the side of the law, somebody has to represent the bad guy and you never want the bad guy to win. Therefore, you never want the guy representing the bad guy to win. But unfortunately, somebody has to do that. I have a friend that has worked in the public defender's office for a very long time, represented some really seedy people. I know that this person is a good person with the right intentions, but it's a job. It's a job that you have to do when it comes to judging those cases and the sentencing of those cases. I'm sure that it's not as clear cut as like this person is on the side of the bad guy Mm -hmm. i'm sure that there are plenty of things that she's taken into account it is it does stink to high heaven that there's been a lot of these instances but i don't know that i at least personally have enough information on her and like where she's coming from to say she made all the wrong calls bad guys are bad guys they're gonna repeat offend it's hard well, that's why to I rehabilitate.
1: Said, if it's if it's one or two cases, or it's you had a couple that you're like, whoa, that one was really an anomaly. You'd say, well, that's worth bringing up. But what Ted Cruz was really good at doing was showing this is a constant pattern for right. you. Uh, and he, he, in his words, a hundred percent of the cases that came to you, you actually get sentenced below what even the prosecutors were asking and what the government standards are. And you gave in a lot of them the absolute bare minimum sentencing. So that to me is suspect and Roy goes all freaking in on these things man he is all in and he doesn't care and I
3: I would guess it's more if I had to guess and I have no reason to guess or have the authority to guess I would guess it's more that that she believes in people can do better and you can rehabilitate people in society Mm -hmm. and oh boy I'm not saying that's correct but my guess is there's some no, and I that's I don't, systemic a systemic ideology a liberal, yeah. that I don't,
2: I don't have any evidence, or I'm not even claiming that that's what happened here. I'm just saying in that world, I know for a fact that people in those kinds of positions are playing politics. It's sure. it happens in the corporate world. It happens everywhere, and there's people make decisions that. In their little circle, in their little world, it's what's in my best interest for my future. They're not thinking the big picture. So it's not it's not a conspiracy in that all these people are getting together and saying, hey, let's let the child molesters off. It's in one individual in this circumstance, what's in my best interest? If somebody's asking me to do something or to look the other way,
1: or, and it's going to help my career... What's it going to hurt? I'm going to clip off the phrase. I don't have any evidence for future conversations <laughs> with Roy. Let's talk about Lindsey. I'm not going to. I, go I never have evidence. <laughs> like obviously. It's all gut stuff. <laughs> it's all just from your gut. And that's where your legal degree really comes in helpful, is right yes, from the gut. They taught us that early on. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what Lindsey Graham said to her. Um, he asked her, What is your faith? And he was making a point in doing so about the way they handled Amy Coney Barrett. Fair question or not good question or not
3: I I wouldn't ask it to either of those. I wouldn't a, that's not a question that I think I get I get why it matters to people. I don't think that it should come into play when making decisions on the Supreme Court. I agree. I know, I know
2: why he did it. He was he was making a point about what the other side did. Um, but I, I agree with Trisha. It's, it's not relevant to, to
1: how you're going to serve your role as a judge. I, I, I think it's not relevant in terms of whether you're going to be confirmed, whether you're qualified. That's a stupid thing that everybody says all the time. Well, is she qualified? Well, of course she's qualified. Well, is she qualified? You know, like they ask that about every – the other side is always asking the question, is she qualified, no matter who's being appointed? What in the world does it mean to be qualified? Does it mean that you had to go to an Ivy League school? Does it mean you had to serve as a judge already, have a law degree? What does it mean? Nobody has any definition for what qualified means. But everybody goes out and runs interference for their person and says, Look, she's completely qualified. I don't know why you could ask her these questions. That doesn't mean anything. Nobody knows what you mean by qualified. Because qualified can mean something completely different to you as to this person, and nobody's ever defined what that is.
2: You have to be a biologist,
1: apparently. (laughs) You have to be a biologist to answer certain questions. Yeah. But with that question in particular, the question about what is your faith, Mm -hmm. that's actually one of the main questions I do want to hear come from these proceedings. And the reason for that is, let's say... You, you answer that question, well, I am a full-on secular humanist. I do not believe in any religion. That is important to me because you're talking about somebody's worldview, and that is going to come into play with 100% of their judging. Every case that comes through is going to come through their eyes, and you're talking about their worldview.
3: But we're a country made up of a lot of worldviews, and you may want to hear that her worldview is similar to your <laughs> worldview. But if she's representing and interpreting the law and judging these cases based on fairness and the letter of the law, her worldview and your worldview matching shouldn't actually have anything to do with
1: one another. Well, let me give you a case. So if somebody says they are uh, full on secular humanist, atheist, basically, um, and they say, but I'm going to honor the Constitution, you're already at odds because the Constitution, the Bill of Rights says that we are given rights endowed by our creator therefore you're already undermining the constitution the bill of rights by not believing in a creator so that to me plays into all of your legal decisions and whether i like them or not again we use the word qualified that doesn't mean that you're not qualified doesn't mean you can't become a justice because like you said let's say you're of some other faith or non-faith or whatever you're probably still going to get confirmed it's all about judicial philosophy, but that stuff, that to me, and that's why I asked the religion question, that plays into the core of your judicial philosophy because it plays in the core of all of your philosophies about everything. So that's why, it, to me, it is an important is question. Is there
3: room in the Constitution to interpret mm-hmm. interpret who your creator is?
1: Yeah, but if you are an atheist, you don't believe in a creator. So that's going to influence the way you go about Judging things based you on you believe the constitution. in a
3: natural creation, right? Of evolution and a big bang.
1: I don't so, know. I mean, I don't know what I you get believe. You are saying. <laughs>
3: well, I, just... I
2: I think it's important to differentiate from a from a legal standpoint the the source of the of our rights is built into the constitution. And that's what I am saying. But that that's not really the enforceable part. The part is. Okay, the founders said this is where it comes from. These, this is where our rights are from. Therefore, these are our rights. And so what what a, a Supreme Court any judge needs to be able to say is that, regardless of the source of the rights, these are the rights, the, the rights we've agreed to. And I will abide by precedent and by mm-hmm. the Constitution. And not have to I mean it it kind of gives you the ability to not have to address that issue of of faith because your your faith as a as a judicial representative is in the text of the constitution, not in the source of our rights.
1: Yeah, and um, I mean, I don't disagree. And, and the judicial philosophy really is the point of asking all of these questions, though, to me. You're, you're trying to find out where does somebody come from. You can look at their record, but then you, you have these hearings to sit there and ask, well, why do you believe what you believe? Why did you do this case the way that you do? And so to me, I'm just saying I would like to know. And it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean, like, let's say somebody I really like, let's say Gorsuch for some reason, great track record, but I find out he is you know, a whatever, like the furthest away from what I would believe about religion is possible. Well, as long as you're following the actions of the Constitution, that's what matters. But I'm just saying, I think it's a relevant question because it does show you who somebody is and where they're coming from.
3: It may be more relevant in this case because if you work under the <clears throat> assumption that she's made these decisions based on based on the child pornography sentencing... On systemic beliefs and there is some kind of internal pull that's making her decide things versus precedent and Mm -hmm. following the rule of law so if those two things if you can say if this thing is a thing she makes decisions based on a feeling then this other thing may be important yeah but neither one should be important really
2: it could go the other way though which which would be just as bad is someone has a very strong religious fundamentalist or whatever um, center, and they apply those sentiments, that, that philosophy to their their judgments, they could make the same mistake, but in the other direction. Because and, you really have to um, use established precedent. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't, you're not supposed to, we used to complain about the liberal justices yeah, legislating you know, from the bench and changing and, things. you know, it, it's not, well, I feel bad that so-and-so, you know, is getting, you know, discriminated against. Therefore, I'm going to ignore the law. The problem with, when studying case law, when I was in school, it's frustrating as heck because that you, you have to remove common sense. You have to remove feeling and emotion and, and philosophy and just look at... You may know, well, that person's probably a scumbag, but the the law says this, the statute says this, the precedent says this, so that's where we have to go. Yeah. Um,
1: okay, so we are going to run out of time. I have not only another quote from Lindsey Graham that I want to share with you, but I also have a sketch, a live read, that we're going to do. So we're going to have to push those back to the next hour if you guys can stick around and do one more maybe short segment, and we'll do that next on Wiggins America. Thanks for being here.